Hi, this is Scott Roche, author of the Esho St. Clair novels, and you are listening to The Melting Podcast. You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Lexiconosaurs and word chefs. Welcome to episode 63 of the Melting Podcast. I'm your head chef, AF Grappin, and Aaron is about to say, what the hell was that? Why are you talking like that? I was close. Who are you? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm so just completely thrown off by the hello. <laughs> I am the important one, your grill mistress, Aaron Kazmark. She has delusions. I like them. She's, I think she still has a little bit of the anesthesia still in her it, system it, from the it's, surgery. It's, it, no, I don't. I am on arthritis meds, though, so we'll blame those. Uh, okay. We'll blame the arthritis meds. Anyway, it is July 1st. Ah! I don't like summer. Okay. I'll tell her. The cheese melts. Oh, the cheese. But sometimes, hey, melty cheese can be good. It's like a cheese dip. Not when it's summer melt. No. No, you're Delib- right. Deliberately you're right. melted cheese. Awesome. Cheese that melts because it's too hot outside, not awesome. What if you look at the cheese that's been melted and just say, I deliberately melted you? Does that change things? In my mind, yes, but we've just established that I have delusions, so no. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I have delusions, but I'm realistic about those delusions. So why don't we keep the cheese out of our first course? Okay. It it won't be our main ingredient. It's sacrilege, but okay. It just it just won't be the main ingredient here. Okay. We'll fo- we'll we'll feature something else. Another main ingredient. Yes, exactly. Something white. Like, like pearly colored. Yeah, kind of ish. Or more like ivory. Ah, uh, that's a good word. It is a good word. And you know what? I think it's in the title of our main ingredient story. Oh! I saw what she did there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for yeah. going along with that. Yeah, you're welcome. That, it was a stretch. It was, but you know what? <laughs> we made it. We we got there. We segued masterfully without falling off the little two-wheeled contraption. It was great. You see what I did there? Yeah. I literally see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a segue. No. No. But we do have a main ingredient story. This is from a dear friend of the podcast, and I, we're just going to let it speak for itself. Bon Appetit. The Journal of the Ivory Throne by James Silverstein Words found in a waterlogged journal tangled in flotsam near our island. We puzzle it together and fear the worst. The Ivory Throne is a small island in the Froth Sea. Or at least, it was. It may yet be again. I know this doesn't make a lot of sense. Nothing seems to anymore. I can only attach my notes to this in the hopes that someone can force the puzzle pieces together. The edge with the waves is... particularly troublesome. Firstborn, 25th. Lonnie has been missing for two days. Normally, in an area like the Fingers, 
that would just be too bad. People would light candles in their windows and make the signs of the angels, and there would be food delivered to Lonnie's home to feed his widow and children. But there's two issues with that. One, Lonnie has no widow. And three children, Gedney, Fowles, and Aaron, none of which are old enough that they'd survive what looks to be a harsh winter coming. They could be adopted out, sure, or sent on the walk to the great port cities. But there is the second thing. Lonnie was a good man. We don't want to lose him. Is a good man. Is. I don't want to think Lonnie's dead and gone, swallowed by the froth. But in weather like this, there's little thinking otherwise. I'm going to ask Danfo and Heist to gather a party. We'll go out into the froth. We'll be careful. Angel's blessings upon us will come back with Lonnie. And, while I'm wishing, the meat and oily fat of a leviathan as well. Firstborn 26th Danfo and Heist took little persuasion to agree with me to search for Lonnie. Rope overheard our conversation at the still and harangued us, cursing us for fools. She then demanded to join us, saying that we would only get ourselves lost to the waves were she not with us. Rope's dog would have to have a space on the boat as well, and while Danfo didn't like the idea, Heist and I both knew Rope could see things through the choppy waves that her eyes never seemed to catch, and having someone like that along would be worth it. Tomorrow, at Outtide, we set out. Firstborn 27th. We are at sea now. We left just as Outtide started, while it was still pitch dark outside. We have salted meat and good water for six days, less if we find long. The sky is coming down in sheets, freezing cold. We are well wrapped and tied in. The froth is hating us already, and Danfo said something about her telling us that Lonnie was hers and we'd pay if we tried to take him back. I almost cuffed him for calling forth such superstition. Rope's dog is amazingly calm. I'd never been on a boat with him, but Rope has taught him well. He remains quiet and low, and does not even move towards the food until Rope offers him some. I tried to offer as well, and the dog stared at me with those ancient, hunting eyes, but did not flinch, blink, or grab. Sleep will be a premium. We are shifting to only two hours at a stretch, one man sleeping at a time. I had difficulty in my first sleep break, but we have been shifting against the waves, and my second sleep break brought me to dark, dreamless unconsciousness immediately. I keep my notebook clutched beneath my jerkin in an oilskin. With luck, all will remain untouched and recorded. Firstborn, 28th. I dreamed of calm seas before writing this. I woke to the antithesis. The sea and the huge waves make it hard to tell whether we are right side up or upside down. When I awoke, Heist and Rope were arguing about our place and our direction. The blood was rising and Danfo was doing nothing outside of rowing as if a machine. The argument was reaching ahead, 
And just as I was shaking myself into full consciousness, Rope's dog began to growl deep in his throat. This, I knew, was bad. I shouted at the pair that we needed not turn on each other. Not when, I claimed to be certain, Lonnie still waited for us. Heist and Rope became silent, but the stares they gave each other spoke volumes of hate and spite. Hours have passed since, and there have been no words. Nothing but silence. I write again some hours later. Rope is asleep, and Heist still stares daggers as he and I row. Danfo is in the bow, looking, though we admit all we see are ice and waves. Soon we will... Timing is strange. I was about to write that we will need to turn back. And yet, just at that moment, Danfo called out. Swamped, and nearby, a boat, like those of our village. Rope is awakened now, and the three of us made toward the boat with hope and fear. Rhyme had crusted on the upturned wood, and it took us great effort to upturn it. If there had been anything in it other than the packs tied to the sides, they were all gone now. The packs still had a few bits of salted meat, now waterlogged, and a jug of good water, a quarter full. Rope's dog began to whimper, and Rope insisted the dog scented Lonnie. This was his boat. I felt my heart sink. Lonnie had fallen over the side. He was gone, and we will have to tell his children such. They will need to take the walk to the greater cities, and the unspeakably cold wind will be little compared to the grief of a water-taken father. Danfo climbed into Lonnie's boat, and he tied off that one to ours. If nothing else, a boat is a boat, and... If the weather did not turn worse, we might well be able to salvage that at least. For an odd moment, Danfo spoke of staying in the other boat on the way back. I told him that alone the rowing would be difficult with the boat's leaky damage. For a long moment, Danfo stared at me, something in the back of his eyes, but it passed quickly. He's back aboard our boat now, and sleeping his shift as we head back toward our home. Firstborn 29th. In the darkness, I wanted to write poetry as to how the storms at sea turn. But darkness banishes the ability to write, and the storm that came upon us was powerful and required all hands and eyes to be sharp. This was likely the killer that had overturned a fisher as experienced as Lonnie. Waves the size I'd never seen before began to toss us, and it was only through our combined efforts that we were able to remain upright. Halfway through the storm, we lost Lonnie's boat. It had become a drag upon us, and rope made to sever our connection. Danfo screamed for her not to, but she moved to cut the lines. It was then that Danfo dropped his oar and, cursing like some insane madman, made for rope, drawing his own knife. Heist and I tackled him, and in the struggle, Danfo's knife went over the side, but not before tearing a gash in Heist's chest straight through his oilskins blood poured, and there was so much chaos that it took moments for me to understand and recognize Rope's screaming insistence that we man once again, or we would be drinking with Lonnie soon enough. Reason, thankfully, prevailed. Danfo seemed to be weeping as he rode, and Heist was holding one arm against his wound. 
In the flashes of lightning, I could see the blood pouring from him. What seemed like hours later, but couldn't have been more than half an hourglass, the sea and sky stopped warring with each other so fiercely. We were calmed. I immediately looked to Heist Wound and stitched him. He was weak and pale, and I do not know if he'll survive the rest of the journey. He is in a bad way. Danfo won't look at us. It is some hours later. I do not know the time. It is still dark, though I would think there would have been sunlight by now. The froth has become more calm, and in the distance, there is land. Surely not ours, but I suspect it may be the Ivory Throne, so named because of the great, tall, white mountain in the center. Yet, if this is so, we've been blown off course. We will not have the supplies to make it home. Everyone knows this without saying. We will have to go onto the island and pray to find both food and fresh water. Firstborn 30th. Landfall was simple. After the time of the storm, we wouldn't have made it any other way. We were all exhausted. Broken. The land is freezing, but thankfully, the water is calm. I can't see the moon or the stars, so I have no idea what hour it is as I write this by flickering firelight. The scrub on the beach, thankfully, is dry enough to burn. Danfo is across the fire, but gazing not at the rest of us. He looks deeper into the island's interior. I want to ask him what he's seeking, but I'm not certain I want to know. Heist, Rope, and the dog are lying together in a heap by the boat. They pulled us ashore and now sleep the sleep of those who do good work. Angels bless them. The stain between this entry and the last is unintentional. I fell asleep while writing and the ink smeared. I've awakened to the smoldering embers of the scrub fire. It smells awful, and that may be why Rope's dog is whining. The two of us are the only ones up. The sky is still a slate gray. No sun. There's a little light. The waves are starting to pick up again, and I'll take a moment now to drag the boat a little further up from the shore. If we lose it, the only assumption I'll make is that you're finding this journal with my corpse. There. It's safer now. Heist stirred a little, but they're all sleeping. Our food and water will last us another few days, thankfully, but we'll have to search. I think of poor Lonnie drugged down to the deep where the Leviathan and the Draug rule. Dead or their slave. I don't believe in life after. So, dead. Beyond the reach of superstition. I'm trying not to think of his children. I'll prepare breakfast. Then we discuss our options. It's night again. Heist's wound is angry. Pulsing hot to the touch. He needs more rest and, quite frankly, more water than we should afford him if we plan on survival. Rope looks accusingly at Danfo through all this, but Danfo ignores her. We eat in silence and rest some more. Heist wakes me by groaning in his sleep. I wish I could do more for him. I must sleep again. Tide turn first. 
Still no sun, nor moon neither last night. The clouds seem endless, and the tide has grown vicious. We will need our wits and our strength to make it through this. The food is getting low. Rope has said she will take her dog out to the interior to look for game and for water. Danfo has offered to go with her. There's an unspoken tension, but Rope reasons that more eyes are more chances for food. So they go together. I stay with Heist. For the past two hours, Heist has begun telling me about his family. How he had a brother who did the walk to another town, but didn't make it. Vanished. Nobody ever found. Years ago. He begins to babble about the demons, and the draug, and other things that darken the world, and then he begins to cough a low, thick, wet sound. He's mnemonic. Or he has blood in his chest. Either way, he's likely not going to make it back home. I hide my eyes and don't let him see my despair. There is always hope. That much we have to believe in. We have no other choice. Midday, I think. Sounds from the mountains. A scream. A human scream. I'm frozen. I want to go. To run. To help. But to leave Heist would be to kill him. I have to stay. End of day. Danfo comes from the shadows into the firelight. He carries roots. Twisted, ugly-looking things. Bitter. But food. He says Rope's dog scented something and ran, and he tried to warn Rope from following. But she did so. There was a ravine they didn't see. Rope and dog, both gone now. Danfo cries as he said he heard her wailing and shrieking until the blood loss took her. So much pain, he says. This island, he begins to say, as if he knows something. But he shuts up fast. Heist, in a moment of quiet lucidity, says that we have two less mouths to feed. And maybe we can take the boat back. I don't want to make that dreadful calculation, but he's right. We'll try tomorrow morning. Tide turned third. Disaster. Our attempts to get the boat out were fruitless, and we lost a day in doing so. It was not until the end that we realized the clumsy effort between Danfo and myself to get the boat through the horrid shore waves ended up pushing the wood against the rocks and cracking the hull. The ship leaks slowly now. We may be doomed. But hope is all we have. Heist is delirious much of the time now, and his skin looks like wax. He isn't long for this. One less mouth to feed, one supposes. Danfo has said he'll find more roots. They've stayed down so far, but their taste is something obscene and horrid. It is the night of tide turn third. Danfo has been gone for hours. Heist is babbling quietly, but his fever is so high I can feel it without even touching him. 
If Danfo doesn't return, what do I do? Perhaps there is some quiet mercy I can give Heist. No, I cannot think that way. There is hope. There must be. Tide turned fourth. Danfo has still not returned. Our water supply is almost empty. Heist can't, or won't, open his eyes anymore. His head almost glows with heat, and the rest of his body is becoming ice cold. He groans in pain like a horrible wind. I can do nothing for him. Night of Tide Turn Forth Angels, forgive me. Tide Turn Fifth I write this in haste as I try not to scream. Heist is dead. Angels, rest his soul. I gave him what comfort I could in the end. Small mercies. Hands trembling, I gathered food and water and walked into the interior. All ancient forest and stone and mountain. The path Danfo and, I assume, Rope had taken was easy to follow. Oh, gods. Oh, angels, oh, ministers of light, defend us. The clearing. I'm here now. Blood spatter. There are planks placed in a circle. Planks of wood. Old wood, but from a ship. We are not the first ones here. The circle. Each plank has a symbol upon it, etched in fire or carved in or made of ink. I hope it's ink. It's blood. No, ink. It must be ink. I have marked the symbols below. I don't know if they mean anything, but... I've found rope. She... I have found rope. She's been taken apart. Not... Not torn. Not like wild dogs or other eaters of flesh. She has been taken apart. As if whoever did it wanted to know each and every bit of her. Her head is missing, but the rest... Lungs removed. Ribs... Stacked neatly. Spines severed into pieces and placed in a row. Both arms cut clean off with the precision of a great surgeon. The cuts are unragged. The knife must have been sharp as obsidian. Legs removed. Reproductive organs placed beside corpse. Hands and feet both placed on the opposite side. I'm writing and trying not to scream. I mustn't scream. How did Danfo do this? Why did Danfo? He's gone mad. I can only hope something on the island, some deadfall, has taken his life. Must mention while I can still write. On flap of skin that was Rope's chest, burn. The symbol from the planks. Same symbol. Fresh burn. 
Tide turns sixth. Tide turns seventh. Tide turns sixth. I no longer know what day it is. I assume the sixth, but time is passing strangely. I was unconscious for a while. Fear, I think. But there is no sun here. Just stone gray skies. My sleep is mercifully dreamless. I need to find water. I can survive days without food, but without water, and without knowing where I am, even if I can fix the rent in the ship, I'm lost. No. Hope. I must have hope. Angels preserve us. Later. I laughed. Later. Time is gone now. I... No. No, no. I cannot. I can not. The ink stain is... No, no, no. Later. Latest. I have found water. Alkaline. Bitter. But... Water. I've filled the jugs, and once I catch my breath again... I don't know what time it is. I don't know what day it is. I know that while I was getting ready to fill the jugs, I heard a movement. The slide of small stones from the cliffs nearby. A flash of movement. Maybe some local animal. I do not know. I have kept immobile and quiet for as long as I can. I have to fill the jugs and run. Staying here, paralyzed, will kill me as sure as any animal. Water, and some way out of this island and into the froth. All I ask. I go. This may be my last entry. I don't know. The ship is plugged with the oilskins of Heist. His body will be left here. I don't... I can't carry the body, now cold and hard. To have that answering me on my voyage would be horrific. And I'm already pushed to the edge of this. When I filled the jugs with the bitter water, I began to make my way back to the ship. But the path seemed to twist in ways I did not understand or recognize. I thought the vine seemed familiar at first, but as I kept walking, it became obvious that it was not so. I had walked far longer than I had in order to get to the pool, and by then I should have come to the small cairn of stones I'd used to mark the exit to the clearing I'd found rope in. There had been no cairn. I began to wonder if turning back would be fruitful, but my mind worked on this like a worried knot. I was paralyzed with the options. My mind couldn't untie it. Angel's blessing, perhaps, in the form of a curse. I did not stir from the sound of the moving foliage. My brain didn't recognize it as a threat. And thus, I was knocked to the ground by what felt like some savage ape slamming into me. The scream, however, was human. All too human. Danfo. Danfo, covered in blood and ripped scars in his flesh. He tore at my throat with his teeth. His eyes were full of fever flame as I tried to push him off. His strength was insane and prodigious. He bit my forearm. 
and tore loose a chunk of flesh. I don't know how I fought. I know everything was in chaos, and his continued screams, my blood flicking from his lips, shattered any thought outside of survival. My strength was almost gone, but something in the pain pushed me for one last movement. I kicked hard and dislodged myself from Danfo's horrendous grip. He flung backward, his arms windmilling, but his legs came out from under him and he fell to the ground. I tried to gain my legs, but there was nothing left in me. Danfo, however, remained on the ground. There was a wheezing between his screams, but he didn't move. Finally, I was able to drag myself to my knees, and it was then that I saw my former friend and fellow voyager was lying with his neck at an unnatural angle. His head had impacted a stone on his fall, and now the blood that poured from his lips was almost definitely his own. The fever flame remained in his eyes as he looked at me. His lips twitched. I record what I remember he said, for it may haunt me forever, and others need to know. The sign, the symbol, they were here before, you know. They know us. They know now that we are an infection. We are impure, and the symbol marks us now. We are unpure and need to be removed from the world, like scrubbing filth from the floor. The symbol. Danfo coughed more and more blood, and some black, thick fluid poured from his lips. He gasped once again before speaking his last. <gasps> I, I saw the symbol in Lonnie's boat. We are unpure. His entire body shuddered, and he let out one last rattle. I could do nothing but stare. I could only lie and stare for some time before my strength came back. Danvo still had his jug, and, I admit with shame, I took it. I need more water for my survival, do I not? I am now at the shore. The water is calm. So calm. I have no better moment. Rope's dog has returned to the camp. It is once again quiet. Calm. It looks to me. I will bring it with me. Angels. No. There are no angels. Or if there are, they are terrible. Water. The water is so calm. Yes, one man can make the journey. But it is long and hard. I have considered throwing myself to the Draug and the Leviathan, but I'm close now. Close to home. The stars have returned, and as have the sun and the moon. Do not hate me if you find the carcass of Rope's dog. There was no food. 
I see the fingers approaching. My journey is almost over. I will fall to the ground and kiss it, and I will talk of the ivory throne and... The ink smear is the symbol. Written while I slept. I must turn back. The symbol was in Lonnie's boat. The boat was back out to sea. They... They had let him go. To bring the symbol. The water so calm. They let me go. Lonnie knew. He gave himself to the drug and the Leviathan. I know this now. I must turn back. There are no angels. There is no hope. I'm depressed now. Well, I think I went a little bit crazy reading that. I'm depressed now. You went crazy? What? Went crazy? Mm -hmm. No. Been crazy. You been crazy. I showed the crazy. There you go. Okay. Well done. Yeah, but yeah, I I really feel like I, I nailed that story, but that's me. I'm, I'm talking myself up now and I shouldn't be. Nope. Because the story itself was just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all the words. We only read them. So... Super thanks for that story. Yay. Now what? Entertaining things. Ah, such as... Us trying to promote other people. I like that. How about we, instead of trying to, how about we successfully do it? I say we give it a, we give it our best shot. Bam. I've got a, I've got a promo. It's been sitting in the microwave. It's got about four seconds left. Shall we unveil it? Yes. Do you like movies? Well, let me make you an offer that you can't refuse. Have you ever found yourself standing at the local Cineplex with that smell of freshly buttered popcorn wafting through your nostrils, wondering if that new Hugh Jackman movie is really worth your time? Or have you ever lamented about that time you spent scouring the vast expanse of the internet for movie and DVD release dates when, let's be honest, you'd rather be leveling up your troll hunter, working on the great American novel, or even watching kitten videos? Oh yes, I said kitten videos. I will do the work for you. All I ask is 15 to 30 minutes of your time every Tuesday. My name is Michael Faulkner, and every Tuesday is showtime at the Weekly Patioplex, your audio guide to what's new at the box office, how the top ten fared over the weekend, and what's coming to your home theater on DVD and Blu-ray. You can find the Weekly Patioplex on the Chronic Rift Network at www.chronicrift.com, along with a plethora of other podcasts that explore the culture in pop culture. The Weekly Patioplex, brought to you by the Chronic Rift. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the theater. That's a wrap! I spy with my little eye something made of broccoli. Cheese. Something made of broccoli. Broccoli cheese soup? Yeah, sure. Yay!
I love broccoli cheese soup. I spy with my little eye something green. Your face when you get carsick? No, it's that same broccoli. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? That actually is pretty accurate. It is. I get carsick unless I'm the one driving, generally speaking. As evidenced by our recent car trip to Balticon. Balticon. Yeah, we um, had the microphone out for, for some of, of our trip to Balticon. Now, keep in mind the we situation were, we're in when we head to Balticon. We were severely sleep deprived. We leave at around 8, 8.30 at, at night. night. I tried to nap. I tried valiantly. Both of us did. We to tried nap. to nap during the day. It didn't work. No. And that's roughly a 10 to 11 hour drive when you take into consideration bathroom stops. Mm-hmm. And stops for a you know a lady who just had her hip operated on and yeah. needs to get out and stretch. Yeah. So it it was a long trip, but we had a couple of little times when we pulled out the microphone and we played some word-based games for you guys <laughs> to help keep ourselves awake. So we're just going to play these couple segments. And we're going to apologize in advance for them. Yeah. We hope you still like us after this. Or that you don't, but you still hang out anyway. Either way works. <laughs> this was our... We're not going to give them podcasting Stockholm Syndrome, okay? Podcast goes to Balticon. Woo! Enjoy. Hi. Oh my god, what are we doing? Eating onion rings. I'm not. In a rental car. <laughs> you know us. There it's a crunch. It's not the real one. What's the Golden Bear Gateway? I could have sworn it said Golden Beer Gateway, and I got really excited. <laughs> so, uh, where are we going? Balticon! And who are we? I am your head chef, AF Grappin. I am your onion ring. <laughs> I am your grill mistress, Aaron Kazmark. You realize onion rings aren't grilled. Not those onion rings, anyway. I didn't make them. Oh, okay. Sonic Good. did. Sonic the Hedgehog? No, Sonic the Restaurant. The building itself made these onion rings. I have a burp stuck in my stomach. <laughs> uh, there it is. Yay! I feel better now. So is there any uh, particular reason why we're recording right now? Um, to keep ourselves awake, for one. For cause, one. Because it is 9 p.m. and we have just gotten on the first major highway that takes us a good chunk of the way there. And did we follow through with our plan to nap today so we'd be energized for the drive? I attempted it. I did not succeed. That is not unusual. Nope. Nope. And didn't we also stay up way late last night to try to make ourselves tired so we could nap today? Not as late as we meant to, but yeah. But that's because we're old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Staying up past midnight, not easy anymore. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, we're running on very little sleep. And, uh, we're driving on very little sleep. I'm not dr- I'm not drowsy driving. No, 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 no. We're safe. Yeah. But uh But yeah, so our brains are firing off in some pretty interesting ways. <laughs> yeah. We're we're a little bit delirious and we'll probably do a few more recordings on the trip as more delirium sets in. Yeah, we're hoping to capture some of these precious moments for you guys. Precious moments, oh my. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just as my head chef asked me for another onion ring, I was already reaching in the bag to get one. It's like she knows me. 
And I wasn't reaching to get it for me. If uh, it was, it or, was she, or she wants me to shut up. That often happens. But right now we need to keep each other awake. So uh, how should we keep each other awake? How, should, how, how should we entertain our, our listeners? Well, ooh, I know what we can do. Okay. And this is even remotely literary. Okay. Have you ever played the sentence game? The sentence game. Yes. I've played lots of sentence games. Okay. Have you played the grappin sentence game? Probably. Okay. Well, this is one that we would play on long road trips with my family growing up. And it's more fun with more people. But the point of it is, we are going to make a sentence one word at a time. I say word, you say word, I say word, you say word. Okay. Obviously, try to keep the sentence going as long as we can. Have it make sense. But don't just try to end it. Okay. No. If I were to start, say, once. There. Existed. Fifty. Spaniards. Who. Regularly. Defecated. Upon. Cats. Period. And that's how the game is played. Yeah, you can end the sentence when it makes sense with the proper punctuation on your turn. Wow, okay. <laughs> 50 Spaniards <laughs> defecate, regularly defecated upon cats. It's the upon. Upon. Well, it's your turn to start. Oh. Oh, this is going to be so dangerous. <laughs> um, formerly. In. Spain. <laughs> The Spaniards <laughs> petitioned their king pleadingly asking for rights hitherto defecate <laughs> hitherto defecate upon <laughs> animals such as cats <laughs> or felines <laughs> or lions or dogs or horses or sheep and your mother. That's one word. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> your mother. <laughs> we are so messed up right now, you guys. And this trip is just getting started. All right. Well, I, I ended that with a question mark. It's your turn to start I know. again. I think I have a little bit of, I don't have my kids with me. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. Delirium right yep. now. Yep. So there's defecating. <laughs> but I don't have to clean it. Yay. <laughs> oh, the Spaniards have assistance. The cats clean themselves. And they're king. <laughs> I don't think their king knew what to do with them. <laughs> no one expects the Spanish defecation. <laughs> Proof position. <laughs> Have an onion ring. Have an onion ring. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, stop making me start sentences. Um, stop making me end them. When gravy is congealed, potatoes enjoy baking within. Wombs. What? Wombs. Wombs? Wombs, like a uterus. Yeah. Wombs. 
Baking within wombs. Come on. This is considered wrong. <laughs> and stupid. Among Westerners. <laughs> when Chinese people exist. Exclamation point? I don't know. <laughs> See, you keep ending sentences. No, you ended it. Well, you, you're not giving me anywhere to go. Well, you're not being very creative. I did. I, I put deprecation in there. That was me. I, said I did the second time. I deprecated the second time. <laughs> this is becoming a quotable trip. And we're not even an hour into it yet. Alright, gotta start another one. Yep. Eating poop sucks when you just do it. Period. <laughs> <laughs> but when you don't just do it, when you do it while That's doing fine. something else, when That's you, fine. When, yeah, when doing it while riding a motor, a unicycle, it's great. Oh yeah. But, but when, when you, you just, just do that, do that you need it's distraction. You need the distraction. <laughs> it's like holding your nose. <laughs> it makes it easier. Okay, my turn. Yes. Sometimes people <laughs> don't say it. Conjecture about things specifically other things. <laughs> <laughs> Things involving concerned parents and their penguins because ice ice baby. <laughs> Thank you so much for going with You're me. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have an onion ring. Double exclamation. Oh, oh no, it's Terabang. Oh, we're getting fancy up oh, in oh. here. Okay. But it's my turn. That, that was, that, well, I said baby, yeah, I guess. Baby. baby. Yeah, I said baby. <laughs> um, handlebar. Mustaches. Rock. When. Kilty man. Properly. Waxes. Them. With. Whale. Oil. And. Wax. And. <laughs> Scented wax. <laughs> Wrong. Semicolon. However, when guilty man fails at proper waxing practices. None of this affects anyone except those near Kilty Man. <laughs> so when he does do it properly, it affects everyone not around him too? <laughs> Just somebody in the world goes, oh, 
His mustache is wonderful today. <laughs> I guess that's true. When he does, does does do it well, he posts pictures. Exactly. When his when his is the sentence over? You sure have to say punctuation. Period. Period. Oh, ellipsis. Ellipsis. <laughs> Those near you. <laughs> some of these quotes on t-shirts. Oh, God. No one expects the Spanish position. Position. Or an apron. Oh. Therefore, stay horizontal. <laughs> stay horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> when Chinese people exist. When Chinese people exist. <laughs> so, always. Once there existed 50 Spaniards who regularly <laughs> defecated on cats... All right, let's do another one. Um, I ended that. Right? Yes, you did. Um, onion. Ring. Never. Tasted. Like. Poop. <laughs> thank. God. <laughs> you can end the sentence. Exclamation point. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Interstellar travel might be around in the future, but non-interstellar travel is here today <laughs> because we have discovered cars such as the one we are currently in. Exclamation <laughs> <laughs> <Action> point. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we successfully predicted the present. <laughs> no, we successfully noticed the present. We need to make this a good one. Use all the adjectives, all the adverbs. Let's make this one go. And uh, it's your start. <coughs> Effervescent medicines. Mellifluously. This is going to make no sense at all. Diseases until the end of time. 
example. <laughs> Alka-Seltzer. Fizzes. Plops. And. Cures. What? Fails. You. Also. <laughs> when. Sudafed. Is. Added. Death. Ensues. <laughs> with. Alacrity. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> alacrity. Alacrity. Come on, I had some good words with in there. Alacrity. <laughs> Death ensues with alacrity. I was hoping you were going to say extreme so I could say prejudice. <laughs> Lemon scented prejudice. Lemon scented prejudice. <laughs> All right, so okay, this was this has been the first little bit of our trip to Balticon. Yep, we're still in Tennessee. Yeah, well, we we'll be in Tennessee for another couple hours. Yep, it's a long stay. Yeah, but we will <laughs> we will keep you posted on what time it is as we're recording things. The next time we record it, we will probably already be in Eastern time. We are yep. currently in Central, so it's now nine twenty Central. And this has been fun. <laughs> this has been a blast. So we'll we'll catch you guys on our next update. All right, see you there. Cheers. second leg of our journey. How many legs does our journey have? Three or four. <laughs> so it's, it's like a weird tricycle. Yes. So tricycles have wheels, not yeah. legs. Yeah. What time is it? It is 1, 2, 3, 4 a.m. Eastern time. We are we have entered the time zone that we will be in for the remainder of the trip. Until well, that, the 1, 2, 3, 4, that's oh, the that's central right. yeah, time. That's right, 1, 2, 3, 4 central time. 1, yes. 3, 4 Eastern. It's it's, it's, yes. Yes. We are still awake. Yep. Doing well. We've had our first stop, gassed yep. up, got snacks, mm-hmm. all of that fun stuff. Recharged a little bit. I forgot to get the pebble out of my sock, so this is going to be a fun leg of the journey. I don't know whether to laugh or feel really bad for you. It's my left sock, so it's not the one I'm driving with. This is good. No, it's, it could be worse. Yes. <laughs> Really? I got root beer. That is true. Diet root beer. Oh dear. It's burpable. <coughs> I got an energy drink. Did what does give, that tell you? It gave you the energy to burp. All the energy to burp. Well, now, since we're slightly awake again, what are we going to do to entertain our, our lexicon of sewers and word chefs this time? And, and also ourselves. And ourselves. <laughs> I don't know. Because we had played the sentence game. We could play I packed my suitcase and oh, see how my far brain, we can get. Oh, my brain can't do that. That's why we see how far we can get. <laughs> Shall we? Okay. Okay. Do you want me to go first or do you yes. want the easy one to go? Okay. No, you go first. I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple. I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple and a baton. I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, and coolie, comma, Paul. Wow, really? You can just say coolie. Thank you. Yep. Okay, I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, and a coolie. And? I'm thinking. <laughs> and a dandelion. <laughs> dandelion. I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, 
and Europe. <laughs> All of Europe. Yep, you heard me. Okay. I packed my suitcase, and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, and Europe. <laughs> and force field. That's impressive. <laughs> you put all of Europe in there. I packed my suitcase and then I put apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, and Gus. <laughs> I'm being shipped. With, yes, just yes. Just don't ask questions. I'm going don't to Europe. Qu don't question it, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, crap. I have to do it now. I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus. <laughs> it hugs. Aww. I think of what letter came next. <laughs> yep. I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, dandelion, Europe, force field, Gus, hugs, and an ice skate. Just one. <laughs> That's not going to get you very far in Europe. Nope. <laughs> okay. I'm waiting for my brain to just stop. Um, I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, force field, Gus, hugs, an ice skate, and a jack-o'-lantern. Ooh. Packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, Coolie, a dandelion. Europe, a force field. Gus, hugs, an ice skate, a jack-o'-lantern, and Kenya. <laughs> wow, we're transcontinental now. Hell yeah. <laughs> I want a vacation. We're on a vacation. One ice skate and an apple. <laughs> well, let me do the list. Okay. Okay. I packed my suitcase, and in it I put an apple baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus, hugs, an ice skate, a jack-o'-lantern, Kenya, and legs. Oh! <laughs> How many? Legs. Oh, God. All right, I packed my suitcase. I opened <laughs> And in it, I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, force field, Gus, hugs, ice skate, Jack-o'-lantern, Kenya, eggs, and a moo cow. <laughs> and with that, we are more than halfway through the alphabet. Oh my. I'm screwed. <laughs> I packed my suitcase, and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus, hugs, an ice skate, a jack-o'-lantern, Kenya, Legs, moo cow, <laughs> and nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> I packed my suitcase and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus hugs an ice skate. That's Gus hugs an ice skate. <laughs> Jack Lantern, Kenya, legs, moo cow, nothing, and. Orca. <laughs> okay. I packed my suitcase. 
and in it I put an apple, a baton, coolie, dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus, hugs, ice skate, <laughs> jack lantern, Kenya, legs, a moo cow, nothing, an orca, and a piano. I <laughs> packed my suitcase and then I put an apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus, comma, hugs, comma, an ice skate, comma, <laughs> jack-o'-lantern, uh, Kenya, legs, a moo cow, nothing, an orca, um, piano, and some guy named Quentin. <laughs> I don't know. He had some extra C's in there with all those commas. Ah. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Judge rules. I don't hug ice skate. It's good. I don't hug ice skate. You should. No, ice skate. It's only one ice skate. I don't hug ice skate. I don't hug any number of ice skates. Okay, I'm going to forget this. All right. I packed my suitcase, and in it I put apple, a baton, coolie, a dandelion, Europe, a force field, Gus, hugs, ice skate, (laughs) Kenya, Oh, wait. Jay. I forgot Jay. I ruined it. I broke it. You killed him. Hey, we made it to P. Q. Q. We made it to Q. made it to Q. Okay, let's just finish the alphabet just one at a time. So you would have had R. R. Raincoat. Um, Serbia. Testicles. (laughs) Uteri. Venus. William Tell. Um... Xenophobia. You. Why are you? Really? Yep, we're both in there now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to Europe, guys. And a zebra. And a zebra. There you go. There we go. There's wow. Our, there's our trailer version of I packed my suitcase. We did we did pretty well, honestly. For, for being sleep deprived and a little delirious. Yeah. Not too bad. Yep. I probably would have been okay if I hadn't talked so much before my turn. Yeah. Yeah. I lost focus. I was just so excited about Gus Hugs Ice Skate. <laughs> or if you just said line, I would have fed I would have given it to you. <laughs> Ah, theater geeks. Yep. So if our voices sound a little weird. What the, well, yeah. Or hoarse or anything like that. It's because um, after our last recording and before this one, obviously, in the space between, we, we were singing a lot. Like a lot, a lot. We were singing Hamilton. Yeah. We sang all the parts in Hamilton. <laughs> Believe it or not, I can do the Lafayette speed rap. Yes. Believe it. Yep. Seriously. No not believing. Yep. Believe it. Yep. It is true. I believe it. I believe it. But yeah, so if my voice is cracking like a prepubescent boy, I apologize. Hopefully this will be rectified by tomorrow when we actually see, well, later today when we actually see people. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. by several days from now when you people actually hear this. <laughs> I just hope you all enjoy this, our crazy antics while we're on our way to Balticon. And eventually our crazy antics when we're on our way home from Balticon. Yeah, when we're completely exhausted, but so, so happy. Yeah, socially fulfilled, professionally fulfilled. And hopefully having made a lot of money. Yeah, buy chainmail, please. My card just died and I need it fixed. Yes. And I would like to be able to afford that and to continue to make jam mail. Yes. These are important things. These are important things. This has been a PSA from the Melting Podcast. Send us stuff. Buy my stuff. 
and we'll use it to decorate you? The masses. Decorate the masses. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. I think that's good for now. Works for me. Okay, let's let's kill our voices. See you in a couple hours, guys. Yep. We almost made it through the alphabet on that uh, almost. case. We were Man, so I feel delirious just thinking about I that. I know, me too, but it was fun. I could not even process anything the at that point. The sentence game. Oy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we meant to... Stop ending my sentences. <laughs> we meant to record stuff on the way home, but we were pretty... We were dead. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. It was an exhausting weekend. We worked and it wasn't just the podcast. I had my chain mail there. It was, we were busy, pleasantly busy, mm-hmm. constantly busy, but in a good way. So on the way back home, we kind of just needed to unwind. We weren't really yeah. up to being entertaining to anyone but ourselves. But this was the first time we remembered to really record on either trip. So yeah. I can't complain. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that. It's going to be a while before if you not, get something like that again. Sorry. Yeah, that. <laughs> so I think we're about done here. We've given them a great story, and then we completely ruined the mood of everything <laughs> with our antics. As we do. <laughs> with our antics. So it's time for them to have some antics. Yes. Like going to shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcast And buying stuff with our faces on it. And our logo on it and more of our faces. I was going to say mostly the face thing because yeah. we're pretty dang cute. Or, you know, the word lexiconosaur on an apron. Yeah. That you can wear that, during all of your summer barbecues. Yeah. It's it's good timing. Or where else can they go on the internet? iTunes. iTunes. And they can go and go to the store where the podcasts are and find the Melting Podcast and then just stare at that page for a while and smile. What would be even better than that? Or, or they could finish that. But what would be better is if they gave us a review. <gasps> it increases our visibility. It does. Find us. It does. It, it gives us a chance to be noticed by people who haven't noticed us before you know like most People of the world who need to know yeah you guys listening to us are like the point zero 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 one percent we want to get that up to point zero 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 three no oh, i'm ambitious. ambitious yeah ah, yeah yeah our minds that's are becoming freaky. one we've known each other since i was 12 uh-huh. that that's not surprising uh-huh. we're kind of melding a little bit now they could also go to patreon.com I don't know if by the time I record this, I'll have changed the URL or not. So it's either patreon.com slash afgrappin or patreon.com slash themeltingpodcast. It will be in the liner notes. Yes, the, the correct yes. URL. I'll probably, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to go ahead and just say it's patreon.com slash afgrappin. I will change it on the fourth anniversary of the podcast. That'll be a month from now. So there's your warning. That you have been warned. That in a month, the URL will change to patreon.com slash themeltingpodcast. There. Well done. I fixed it. I made a decision. I made an executive decision in my position as head chef. Executive? Go me. I'm done. Oh. Oh. You're really done. Um. Help. Help. Oh, my. Okay. Well, um, I guess it's just me finishing this. Usually when it's me all by myself, I do, like, bloopers and stuff like that. But I don't have to. So, um, all by myself, don't have a script. (laughs) So, the most important thing we need from you guys 
is for you to send us stuff. Because without your stuff that you have sent to us, we can't send stuff out into the airwaves for you to listen to. So in order to help you do that, uh, the, the easiest thing for you to do, other than, you know, give us money, is... <laughs> um, Oh, God, I'm losing my train of thought. I didn't expect you to go away. Meh. So the easiest thing you can do for us, other than send us money, is to write a story. Flash fiction's easy. 1,500 words or less, right? So we have prompts to help you do that because we like to see what lots of different people can do with the exact same prompt. Uh, Prompt. Prompt. Yes, prompt. Prompt number 15 is now closed. I know, sad face, but it is what it is. So now we have prompt number 16. The sounds on the top of the roof suddenly stopped. Ooh. I'd like to see what you guys can do with that one. And now open. We have prompt number 17. You have a dinosaur bodyguard. I've been waiting to use this one. I love this one. So write stuff. Send it to us. And we'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff. <laughs>